Hello everyone, good to see you. Uh, my name's Ash, I'm one of the pastors over at Christ Church. Uh, we're continuing our look at this series that we're in, Heaven is a Place on Earth. And we're thinking through this idea um, that this kingdom, God's kingdom, God's rule and reign, is not just something that is our eternal hope, it's not just uh, this idea of heaven that we have, but it's something that is for now as well. Heaven is, in some respects, a place on earth. And as Jesus tells the parables, part of what he's doing is revealing this to us. And one of the things that Jesus says, part of his chat, frequently revisits the idea that following him means we get a full life, even now. Even with all the rubbish that's going on, even now we can have a full life. And I guess what you say to that immediately is, whether you're a, even if you're a Christian, but pretty certainly if you're, if you're not a Christian, you might well think, well, Christians' lives, or my life, doesn't feel very full, uh, nor does it look very kingdomy. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't appear like that is the case. Uh, one of the things I think that has become clear as we've gone through this, um, these parables about the kingdom, is that the kingdom is its never really what we expect, is it? Now, I think we can't help, as we are conditioned by the world around us, to think about the kind of kingdoms that we see and we think empires, we think physical boundaries, we think we're going to have to fight for this, or we're going to have to work for this, or it's going to be very obvious um, to us. And Boydie said last week that this kingdom is like a seed that just grows up. It's kind of organic. Um, and I said a couple of weeks back, it's like uh, the mustard seed that becomes the huge big tree. It, it's, it can like appear tiny and insignificant, and yet at the same time, it's got this huge potential to grow. And further back still Paul Howell mentioned that it's like a bit of leaven in a huge big pile of dough that incredibly works its way through it's now and not yet it's with us it's amongst us and yet it's still to come it's still not fully realized it's a bit of a paradox it's a bit of a mystery is this kingdom and it sounds as I listen to myself talking about it and as I hear other um, leaders at Christchurch talking about it, it does sound a bit left field in one sense and yet it rings really true when you look at the church and when you look at our life. So I want us to look at this parable today about these three servants, these three slaves rather, and these bags of gold that are entrusted to them. And I want, I want really to get one big um, overarching point across. The one takeaway, which means you can switch off if you don't want to listen to me after this point. I want you to grasp, or I want to really strongly suggest that the kingdom of heaven is something that is that, that is entrusted to us. It's a gift that is given. It's something that is invested. It's put into our care. Now, this parable... I don't know about you, I don't know how you got on with it when you just listen to Holly uh, reading it there or if you've read it before. But certainly if you're, a, if you're a Bible cynic, even if you're a Christian, I think it sounds really harsh. Um, I, I immediately thought of the guy with the one bag 
who gets into trouble and and sort of felt for him and ached for him. The idea that it's got slaves in, which is a bit of an unpalatable concept. And it looks, you know, the outside, if you were to get your really cynical head on, you'd say it just looks like slaves, people chained up, set to fail. Almost looks like a bit of a trap on, on one level. What I would say, if that's your... If that's your way of thinking about it, Jesus isn't in this parable condoning slavery, but he is using a really familiar picture of the day um, to get his point across about what the kingdom is like. uh, Roman slaves, I think, did have a pretty desperate time of things, but it might not be quite, um, quite the image that you've got in your head. Think a bit more. I don't know if you've ever seen Plebs on ITV too. Maybe you haven't. Yeah, don't go out of your way to watch that. It's all right. But it, it's what we can understand a little bit about Roman slaves is that slaves did, you know, in these times, they had opportunities. They were ladder climbing slaves. They were property buying, investing slaves. So in this story, you could maybe think more about the business opportunity or you could at least think as much about the business opportunity as you would be hit by the slavery picture. So think less chains think more Alan Sugar's apprentice or one of Alan Sugar's minions gets control of the reins when Alan Sugar goes off to Barbados for six months. That's the kind of picture that we've got. The kingdom of heaven is like that. It's that sense of opportunity. It's God's gift in our care. It's his investment. It's the blessed opportunity. It's a sacred responsibility. In a sense, we like the slaves. We know, uh, we know the rules of the house. We know uh, the values of the house. We know what's made the master successful. We know what his values are. We know what he would want us to do. We know where he would take us. We know his philosophies. What what has brought him success? We are in that same boat uh, in the kingdom. We have that level of opportunity and we have that level of responsibility for God's kingdom as well so I think one of the first things you start to think about is okay so if we're to adopt this parable and think about how it applies to us we need to first think about what the gifts are let me just read out um, and this is not an exhaustive list of the gifts that we that somebody would have if they've they've got faith in Christ Jesus but these, these are just a few to get us thinking Ephesians 2 and verse 8 says For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. All right, so even even our salvation, which we often, and certainly it was the mistake that was being made in the early story of the church, it was assumed that it was something you had to work towards. And I guess that's our story as well. We, We think that very, very quickly it moves towards that. But this is a gift. Our salvation is a gift. John 14, 15, this is Jesus talking. He says, I'll ask the Father and he will give you, and this whole chapter, John 14, is about the Holy Spirit coming. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you. The Spirit of truth is a gift, is a gift to help us out along our way. Our salvation is to help us out and we get the gift of God's Spirit powerful spirit living within us John 14 27 Jesus says I guess in connection um, with the spirit's power 
But not only that, my peace I give to you. My shalom is yours. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. God's peace, God's salvation, God's presence with us. But it gets more specific and we could have had any one of a bunch of passages to read out to you. But I'll just read one. Romans 12, 6. Uh, we each have different gifts according to the grace given to us. We've got gifts according to the grace that is headed towards us. If it's prophesying, prophesy. If it's serving, serve. If it's teaching, teach. If it's encouraging, encourage. He escalates from this point, does Paul. If it's giving, then give gen generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I think one of the things you would say is we often we often make the assessment of our lives and we think we've got to look at, look at ourselves, the things we're good at, the things we think, things that we feel, and we just think it's just how we are. We've just we've just ended up in this place. One of, one of the things I would suggest to you, one of the things I think the Bible says to God's people is that God has done this. God has God has led you down this path. This is this is to do with your story of salvation. This is to do with your experience of who God is in your life. This is to do with you uh, turning around. It's not an accident. You are the way you are. You think the way you think um, because God's at work. And do you notice the specificity of the gifts as well? I, you can't kind of overlook that. It's in verse 15. And I think I think it's suggested in the parable, but it's sort of Romans passage that we looked at. Uh, the different gifts that come along. Each each slave is given different different gifts in keeping with his. Let me just check the verse. In keeping with his ability, we are. And as the parable goes on to explain this, we are uniquely gifted. Each of us uniquely gifted and uniquely responsible for that gift. And as I was just, as I just thought about this real quick, just skimming around um, the lovely members of Christchurch Escape, thinking about some of that gift, some of the really obvious ones. This, this, some of us are so filled with compassion. Not all, not all of us. Some, but but some of us, and often it's the case that these. These shaped people end up um, in the caring professions. They are nurses in the, in the NHS or, or that kind of a thing. They are just so filled with com compassion. And when they see injustice or when they see poverty or they see somebody hurting or something like that, they're just like, and we're not all like this, are we? We're not all filled with that much compassion, but some of us are filled with that much compassion. God did this. Some of us, others of us, have been around a while long enough to get a few grey hairs, long enough, um, a longer way down the Christian road, you might say. Had a longer experience of God's presence. I've known God keeping you in salvation for longer. And you've got some wisdom to share. Some wisdom stored away in there of, 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 as you've experienced God on your salvation journey. That's not just, you've not just ended up an older dude. God has shaped this. God has granted uh, this wisdom. Some others of us have got incredibly compelling salvation stories. 
in a sense, we all have. But you know what I mean? Some of us have had miraculous turnarounds in their lives. And it gives them a bit of a liberty or a constant awareness of God's good grace and a desire to talk about it more. God did this. And the thing that this parable helps us think about is that these gifts, these these brilliant things that God gives to us, you know, look through that list in Romans or the other list, they come with responsibility. What does it say? How does the parable end up? This owner comes back. And for the Christian guy or girl, it's this great big hope on the one hand. It's this great thing to look forward to, heaven and all that. And at the same time, particularly in this parable, the return of the owner causes us to think about how we spend our lives, what we're doing with these gifts that we've got. Can you imagine um, Alan Sugar returns to one of, you know, having been away in Barbados for six months and he's given over part of this business to one of his minions and his minion runs straight up to him and he says, well, you know, I know what you like, Alan. Um, so what I did was I just shut down, you know, all of the all of the sales of this product. I just shut it all down. I thought, we'll just stay as we are. You can, can you imagine the rage of the wee guy? He would just go crazy, wouldn't he? Because he would say, as the owner in this parable says, this, why don't you just put it in the bank? This, these gifts are the kind of gifts that are just going to make money on their own. That is the nature of these gifts. They're great gifts that God has given. They're to be used and utilized. And we have a responsibility over that. It doesn't, I don't think, even though I feel like I've presented it so far in quite a jolly fashion to sort of lift our spirits about what God's doing. We're still faced with them. That life doesn't feel that kingdom of heaven-y. We are, I think, way more aware of the kingdoms of earth. When we look around, we see their kingdoms more overtly, don't we? They're more obvious. We can see their foundations. We can see their walls. We can see their values. We're very aware of the kingdoms that we live in on earth, but we don't always feel that kingdom of heaven And although we look at, sometimes we look at life like a gift. We don't, we use that phrase, don't we? Life's a gift. And we kind of think of it like that. But at the same time, we don't always take it the next step and see it as a gift from God to be responsible with. Because because the kingdoms that are around us, the kingdoms of earth say, oh, you did this. You earned this. This is your life to do as you want with. And the idea, and I think this is the really unpalatable thing. It's not just the end of the parable that looks dark and talks about end timesy stuff, hell and that kind of thing. It's the fact that God expects something of us. I think that would grieve us the most. That would, you know, if you're a, if you're a cynic particularly, you'd look at the story and go, even if God's real, the fact that the fact that he wants something from me, it's all hard, it's tough, unless that is. And here's what I would say if, if, you're, if you're still cynical about this. Unless you see, unless you've seen and experienced and been moved by the giver and the size of the gift. Unless you've been moved by the giver and the size of the gift. That's what that's what would change things in this parable. If you understand the person who is giving this and what he has given and how big of a cost it is, 
it changes the way that we you would think about your life and the expectations of your life. If you think about the gift and its power and its potential and then live it. And that's how I want to wrap up this little talk. I want to give you three things, three ways to think about how we can we've called this series the kingdom of uh, heaven is a place on earth and i want there is this sense in which heaven exists in in front of us as this great hope and there's also this real sense that i think god talk as he talks about the, as jesus as he talks about the kingdom gives us glimpses of it now and ways that we can uh, shine it now that we can display it now but also we can hang on to it now and it can be our security now so i want to particularly and as well if you if you're if you're not a Christian and you're sort of working this stuff through maybe just hear this out and consider it okay so there's just just three quick things I want us to think about the idea in this world first first issue I'll deal with them as issues forgiveness in the kingdoms of earth you would say I think that we live in and you will have heard this expression um, you'll associate this expression with uh, mountaineering that kind of thing we live in an unforgiving climate it's an expression that you'd use if you were out in the wilderness or something like that but it's also an expression that you would use about today's life the the brutal business world that we live in uh, the culture around us the rat race even even our own you know even our own social circumstances can be pretty unforgiving at times our own slip-ups social media errors that kind of stuff you would say of the world we live in an unforgiving climate and this shapes so much of how we are whether we're christian or not it shapes so much of how we are there's friends and families that just end up being unable to be together just there's just this there's gaps between them there's just this poisonous brokenness that exists and it's almost like despite the fact as human beings we kind of know we kind of know that forgiveness is good don't we we kind of know that it's it's got to be the way forward in in all like almost every circumstance however you, you know whatever the issue is we've got to forgive in order to move on and yet in the, i think because of the kingdoms and the strength of their influence around us we don't forgive do we or we forgive but it's years down the line or and this is what I, this is my error we keep a bit back you ever do that I'll, I'll forgive a bit but i just inner i'm gonna hang on to it this is this is how we are and it, it causes brokenness because we, we carry that stuff around with us i think because in the kingdoms around us uh, being a forgiving person makes us feel weak vulnerable it makes us look defeated and it's sometimes it's just impossible because we look at it and we go, we're just not going to get, if I forgive this person, I'm not going to get justice anyway in the kingdoms of this world. But in the kingdom of heaven, what's our hope? How do you, how do you experience the kingdom of heaven now? We pin our hopes on the fact that perfect justice is coming. You can sort of build your own little foundations for life. We know our our being forgiven and our capacity to forgive others is connected. That's the kingdom story. That's the kingdom prayer, isn't it? Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We, God, in his wisdom, puts those two things, those two concepts together. He doesn't 
let us separate them up, which is what we do. And our forgiveness capacity is not dependent on others coming round or time passing or our emotion softening. In the kingdom of heaven, if you place yourself there, you trust that or you recognize that God has seen all of your own personal mess ups and errors and he's completely forgiven them. And that is your energy to forgive other people. That's where it comes from. That's what gets, that's what helps break that hurt that you hang on to. So the first thing to do is we got to exercise this forgiveness. This is a gift from God. We didn't earn it. We can't fuel it ourselves. It comes from God and we've got to live in it. We've got to dwell on the fact that we are forgiven. We've got to rest in the fact that ultimately God will bring perfect justice. And here's what I'd suggest. This is how we'd we'd be less bitter. There'd be less long feuds. There'd be more resolutions. There'd be more active grace. And out of all that, better than any sermon we could deliver, we demonstrate who God is. That's the first one. Forgiveness. We should exercise the gift of forgiveness. Second one, issue is money. So we're nearly at the end of the sermon. Hang on in there. The issue is money in in the kingdoms of earth money is is god isn't it we are ruled by money we say money makes the world go around it's become a god in and of itself and though uh, we need it and it's brilliant and i like to have some in my pocket and all the rest of it in so many instances because of the way that we think about money it becomes uh, the ruin You could say quite easily that one of the ways that we're ruining our planet in some respects is because of of greed. We can't switch the greed off. We just got to keep making stuff. We can't, and the the way that we make stuff, we can't can't switch any of that stuff off. So we're polluting this place. The reason we've got inequality or that we've got refugees, you could easily trace that story back to people needing money, wars about money or whatever else it is. Because the kingdom, in the kingdoms of earth, in this rat race scrap that we exist in, what happens is we end up holding it so tight. Like I've been a Christian for, a, you know, a whack of time. And I, certainly back to the days when I used to work in the mill, I, I got to a point where I could, this is really sad and desperately tight. I could tell you how much the the business was earning per second per minute that kind of thing and i would as i would do my weekly shop i knew how long it would take me to earn a bunch of bananas or a, a roast chicken or anything like that and and you become incredibly because of the way that the world goes around we become incredibly possessive of money and we see it as ours we hold it really tight because we see that it makes the world go around and in the kingdom of heaven if we place ourselves in the kingdom of heaven in the trust of god the kingdom of heaven says it's all God's. It's all God's and we are not earners of it as much as we are stewards of it. Kingdom of heaven says it's more important how we distribute it than how much we have. So just think about this for a second. What would resolve the world's money problems? What would bring them to an end? Would it be more laws, uh, more if, if more politicians sat down and discussed it, if we went out and printed some more money, would that solve it? Or, and I guess I say this to the cynic, would it be that seeing 
seeing it as a gift to be stewarded might help change the problems of this world. Here's what I'd say. Exercise the economy of God. Dwell on the fact that it's not particularly ours. It's all God's wealth. Focus more on stewarding than volume. And the Bible would tell us, and one of the things that Paul writes down, he says, I know what it is to have plenty. I know what it is to live in need. I've learned the secret of being content. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think we can learn something as we exercise the economy of God. I think contentment seems so hard is possible. I think even equality, which looks impossible, is possible with God. And if we do this, we witness and we demonstrate who he is. Last one is position. In the kingdoms of earth... We can't, we can't get away from the fact that position is just huge. It's enormous. It has enormous meaning to us as, as human beings in the kingdoms that we that, that we live in right now. Whether it's, um, you know, it's just a big race to the top, whether it's career, whether it's job title, whether it's house size, whether it's salary, uh, whether it's followers or Facebook friends or likes, or there's just so many ways in which position is huge for us today. And our world goes around this way. And as Christians, we're just, we're in, we're in that mix. You know this story, don't you? We're in that mix somewhere where we've, we're just, it's, it's almost like we've got to join the race and climb to the top. It's just part of the story. But what happens along the way in this story, I would suggest, is that if, if it's all we've got in the world, and you'll have seen this, if it's all we've got in the world, it, it looks pretty ugly, doesn't it? And if it's, if it's the only thing that matters to us in our lives, it leaves a trail of destruction behind. And we observe this and we see the sort of the rat race of the world and we think to ourselves, yeah, and this is not just the Christian pastor speaking. I think everybody sees this. We think, oh, wouldn't it be great if it wasn't, if it wasn't about position? And the kingdom of heaven says, blessed are the humble. Kingdom of heaven says, he is a savior who humbles himself. Here's a saviour and a story that shows that humility is possible, shows that humility can be the way forward, shows that humility can lead a, you know, a revolution. A, a humble life can change the world. And it doesn't only show us that, but it makes it possible for us. The story of Jesus and his cross informs us that any position we have ultimately is only achieved through him. Uh, one of the one of the best things on TV at the moment, one of my favourite guys, a bit, a bit of a man crush on this guy, um, Simon Reeves, he's, he's doing this this um, amazing journeys documentary. There's nothing on the telly, is there, at the moment? So watch Simon Reeves. He's got three episodes. It's on the iPlayer. Really good. Um, but one of his one of his reflections as he's made this latest series is. Is the blessedness of the position that he has by just being, just holding a British passport. So he showed a few clips of him around the world visiting these countries and then finding people who were trapped. Refugees, dotted, some in Africa, some you know in different parts of Europe and all this kind of thing. And one of the slow burning revelations of this guy's 15, 20 years travel is that the only thing that separates him from them is this passport. 
they're they, these people are bet they're better than him. They're nicer than him. They've got more ambition for life than him, but they're stuck. And one of the things that he's reflected on that keeps him humble as he gets to jet around the world, as he gets to see all these different things, that keeps him humble is that the only thing that gets him out of those countries is is the gift of the passport. This is our position in the kingdom of God. It saves us from big-headedness because we realize our position is ultimately in God. The last thing I want you to do or encourage you to do is exercise your position of God. This is the kingdom of God. It's the foundations, and we can experience it now. It's the foundations we build as we forgive, as we steward, as we humble ourselves. It's the security that we live in as we rest in God's justice. We rest in the fact that he's got the wealth as we rest in his character and who he is. It's what we construct by the lives of faith that we have access to in Jesus. This is, this is, what, this is the scratching the surface of what the kingdom of heaven looks like.